there. Welcome to Through AAA Eyes. I'm your host, AAA. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in last week, and um, I'm glad to be back. I was actually debating whether or not to um, record this podcast today because yesterday... um, I underwent um, dental surgery, and it wasn't fun, and I'll come back to that because that's actually what I want to talk about, Um, but before I do that, today is September 11th, and, you know, for many people, it connotates many different things. Uh, For some, it's revenge. Um, For some, it's a loved one that didn't come home. For some of us, it's trauma. Some of us, it's, it's a feeling of being unsafe. And many, many other things. Um, For me personally, on September 11th, I was trying to get to school. Um, in Brooklyn. I lived in the Bronx at the time. And where I lived, when I got on the train, the train was delayed. And we could see that there was a fire in one of the towers. Um, There was smoke coming out of the tower. And, um, but nobody thought anything of it. We still got on the train as it came because there was no communication. And we, um, You know, it was stop and go, stop and go. Got into Manhattan, it was stop and go. And then finally, we got down to City Hall area. And they had made an announcement that the train needed to be evacuated. So when we still had no idea what was going on. So when we were evacuating, They told us to evacuate to our left. Okay, so we saw, we get out of the train, we saw walking to our left. And then all of a sudden, this horrible sound and the ground shook. And there was dust that just came rushing in from where we were supposed to evacuate, the direction we were supposed to evacuate. So we ran the other way. And we just ran and ran from where we were. We still couldn't see what was going on. I just, you know, again, it's survival. You just run. And I don't know how many blocks down, I finally stopped running and happened to see, um, what's it called? It was at a pub, an Irish pub. And I happened to see the TV was on and they showed the plane flying into the towers, the planes flying into the towers. And that's when my stomach just dropped. And that almost simultaneously at that point, there was an F-16 that flew overhead. And I grew up during the Gulf War. 
And I knew that when you hear an F-16 or a fighter jet, it was time to take cover. And so my only goal was, how do I get off this island? Long story short, I spent pretty much most of the day walking off of Manhattan, was able to squeeze onto a bus at some point to go a couple of miles, but then the rest was walking. Ended up crossing the Willis Avenue Bridge over to the Bronx. By this time, it was in the evening. And then a few industrious folks who figured, hey, they can make some quick bucks. Um, you know, were using their cars as taxis. So you paid them five bucks and they got you a little closer to home. So that's how I got home that day. And I always remember when I got home, my, that, you know, this was uh, voicemail days. Um, or was it an answering machine? I can't even remember. Whatever, it was full. My voicemail was full. And the message that got to me the most was from a former friend who said, Annie, I don't know if you're alive, but if you're alive, call, because we don't know if you're alive. And she started crying. And that's when I started crying because that was, I would say, the first time, I guess, um, I was aware of my own mortality. And that that day could have ended really badly and ended in a different way because a lot of folks didn't get to come home that day. So that's my memory of September 11th. And um, for those of you who are still going through the motions with it, I send you love and I send you peace. <sighs> so, sorry about the tone. I'm trying to be bubbly, but I'm also on some meds that are uh, keeping me a little calm. So what I wanted to talk about today was, you know, I've spoken about healthcare before. But today I want to talk about doctors and surgeons because I've unfortunately in the past 10 years had many rounds of dealings with them. And certain things have stood out to me over the course of this time. That there are, I will say, there are some amazing, amazing doctors and surgeons who wake up every day and do amazing things and save lives and they care about the people who come in front of them. But while those guys are out there, they're also, I want to say a select few, but somehow when you Google this stuff, you start to see maybe they may possibly be the majority there are those who feel like, well, all the years that they have been in school has given them the power to do as they please, 
speak as they please and operate as they please. And we, the patients, are just that. We are meant to be patient with them, no matter what they do to us. So I want to give a little play-by-play -play of my morning yesterday. Going into this, so basically it was a uh, impacted wisdom tooth extraction. Going into it, I was super, super apprehensive because it's a painful procedure and I didn't want to do it while I was awake, but I was told my only option was to be awake for it. And I was promised by the dentist that, you know, once the anesthesia kicked in, I wouldn't feel any pain, but I would feel pressure. Now this word pressure, keep hold of it because I'm gonna come back to pressure. So the actual surgeon who did the work um, was a Caribbean surgeon. Um, I had looked him up, you know, been practicing over um, almost 15 years or so, fine. Younger guy started the morning of, you know, pretty pleasant with me. Why did this pleasant person suddenly turn into Mr. Butcher? And I'm going to call him Mr. Butcher because that's what it felt like. So I went through an ordeal that I wouldn't wish on anyone. It was like starring in your own, you know, horror torture movie because that's what it felt like. The pressure that I was told that I was feeling, they kept using the word, oh, stop squirming, it's only pressure. The only way I can describe the pressure is if somebody was trying to break your jaw and I'm talking about that kind of force. That's what it felt like was my jaw was being broken. And would you not squirm? Would you not plead? Would you not cry? Would you not pray? That I went through that for two hours only to find out that my wisdom tooth was fused to my jawbone. So all in all, they most likely shouldn't have done this surgery if they had actually studied my x-ray. They shouldn't have done this surgery while I was awake because they needed a different type of access. But they proceeded and proceeded and proceeded. By the end of the two hours, the, the surgeon was flustered, beyond flustered. The assistants were just quiet. I, you know, when you've just cried yourself weak, that was me. I cried myself weak. And the dentist, who came highly recommended. Um, kept apologizing. And then they started this whole thing of, 
trying to justify their actions because they knew that, that they were dead wrong. And at that point, all I wanted to do was get the hell out of there. I left with my face bruised, still in tears. And my husband just didn't know how to stop me from crying. It was traumatic. And it was trauma. It was physical and it was mental trauma. Because I can't think of another instance except maybe being at war, being on a, in a war zone where you have to sit put as somebody cuts into you and applies pressure while they try to break into your bone. Now, I want to know, why are there not international standards when it comes to patient care? I want to know why doctors and surgeons and nurses, everybody in the medical field, why are they not trained the same when it comes to not only bedside manner, but how about let's just call it what it is. How about we teach them to give a shit about their patients and not to demean someone because they are terrified. People are terrified for a reason. There are reasons why people don't go to doctors until it's too late. Because often you deal with a doctor who doesn't give a damn and is happy to tease you about it. So while I know being a doctor and especially a surgeon is, you know, puts you in the upper echelon of societal grace, can we also understand that some of these people are really assholes and probably shouldn't have been allowed to cut into anybody? I just don't think it's fair. And I'm looking at myself today in the mirror. It looks like somebody's hauled off and, you know, beat me black and blue, my lip. You know, as my mom just told me, I look like I had a bad dose of, you know, Botox. Because they pressed on my lips so much, it bruised. And, but none of this was necessary. They could have had, you know, the same surgeon could have asked for hospital rights, taken me to a hospital, had me under general anesthesia, taken his time, gotten out what he needed to without me suffering. And why I'm calling this trauma is because every time I close my eyes to try and rest, I see him trying to saw into my, you know, to drill into my bone. And, the, and I remember that feeling and I feel ill. Now, this hasn't been just, I mean, I'm using this experience because it's the latest one. But I can recount situations in the States as well 
where doctors didn't take me seriously when I said, you know, I feel a certain way, blah, 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 until it became an emergency. I've had doctors tell me, oh, you just have a sprained ankle. And next thing I know, I need to rush into hospital because I've actually torn everything that keeps my ankle together. You know, so I think the whole point of this is we have to realize that doctors, surgeons, nurses, they are human beings and they fall prey to all the same things that we do, you know, we think we know too much. We think we know how the next person feels. We assume we know why the person came in or why they are ill. And they, they are not infallible. No one is. And, and with that in mind, I think we need to re-educate ourselves and the medical professionals that we are churning out, we need to re-educate them that they can't operate from a point of hubris. They can't operate from a point of classicism or fascism in some cases, if you're not lucky. And I've said this before, they're meant to do no harm, but they're failing at it. So there needs to be an independent body in every country that follows up and checks on patient experience and checks on doctors because there are too many slipping through the cracks. And we, the patients, suffer for it. And we, the patients, then choose to put our health aside and avoid being going through a situation with said doctors. So, you know, I've probably spoken more than I should today. Um, <laughs> but I thank you all for listening and... The next time you have a doctor's appointment, do ask questions, do check out their qualifications. If somebody recommends them, dig into that recommendation the same way you would if you were hiring somebody. And next time a doctor says there will be pressure, just remember you're gonna feel you're gonna feel pain. They just don't like to use the word pain because then you wouldn't come to them. So take care, take care y'all and uh, stay healthy. Speak to y'all next week. Ciao.